Today, I'm declaring it officially summer, which is why I'm wearing my favorite Hawaiian t-shirt, and because I'm a dad, I'm allowed to do this. Also, what is going on with the debt ceiling? What is the Federal Reserve expected to do in June? Five financial misconceptions that you probably should need to know. And lastly, what just happened with the explosion at the Pentagon? Bet you didn't even know about that last one, so let's get into it. Welcome back to The Wealthy Idiot Show. My name's AJ, and before we get into it, please make sure to hit that like button real fast. It helps us out tremendously. We could spread this information around, and in exchange, we'll make sure that you're as educated about personal finance as you could possibly be so that you could show off to all your friends that you know what you're doing and they don't, which is really what we're all here for, right? All right, so let's get into the news. First article, the U.S. will default on June 5th if death limit not raised, Treasury says. So we did kind of explain this last week that we don't think that the U.S. is going to default on its debt. They're making this argument as if there's not enough money to pay the interest on our loans, except that there is. It just is being spent in other places. And so if we go into a shutdown, what ends up happening is the government shuts down and still has to spend money on the things that it's required to spend money on. In fact, it's built into the system that they have to print money in order to cover for those things. So there is no default that's going to happen. This is kind of a scare tactic in order to get the people involved in making a deal here. And then both sides... Biden and McCarthy are uh, sitting there arguing over which one is not coming in good faith. And it looks like, and the reason I'm talking about it again is because A, there still is no agreement on the debt ceiling, but B, it looks like Biden and McCarthy are getting closer to make an agreement and the right side does not like the compromises and the left side does not like the compromises. So yeah, not exactly sure how that's going to end up. I'm sure that everybody will be unhappy about it and they'll be blaming the opposing parties, which might be great for all of them during their re-election cycle for the particular locations where, you know, it's a guaranteed one way or the other. So um, there's still no news here. So it, once we hear about it, we'll let you guys know. Next up, the Federal Reserve officials divided over future interest rates hikes minutes show. So the next time they're supposed to make an announcement about interest rates is the middle of June. We said before that it's about every six weeks they get together and decide what it's going to be. And to this point, they have been raising interest rates at every point, just a smidgen of a percent or like a like a fraction of a percentage. Right. So like 25 points, which is a quarter of a full percentage. And they've been doing that in order to try and prevent the economy from growing too quickly, causing an inflationary cycle. But it looks like they're not entirely sure if they should continue to do that. In fact, partway down the page here, central bank officials are uncertain whether to pursue further increases to the federal funds rate. According to minutes released Wednesday from the Fed's policy setting panels meeting earlier this month, many investors had hoped the Fed would offer hints to indicate that it would pause or even decrease the interest rates, but the meeting notes did little to indicate such with the Fed vowing to retain optionality with its monetary policy moving forward. Inflation remains unacceptably high, said the Fed on Wednesday, adding recent data shows inflation is cooling slower than expected. Right. So what this is saying is that they're a little bit worried because all, all they can do is kind of look at the market information and then make decisions about the data that they're receiving. But the data they're receiving is slow. So imagine like, you know, you're going to get April's unemployment numbers, but they're not coming out until partway through May. Right. Because the data is always lagging behind. So I think what they're worried about here is if they see inflation cooling, which it looks like it is, 
Like it's not raising anymore and it's kind of declining a smidgen. It's still high, but it's declining a smidgen. I think they're worried that, you know, they could be coming in for a soft landing and adding more to those interest rates could be like pushing that plane, you know, the pushing the plane like straight down, just like taking a nosedive right into the runway. So I don't think that they want to do that. So right now it looks like they're debating whether or not an interest rate increase should happen and a good chunk of them don't think that it should. So it doesn't really tell us what's going to happen in June, but it kind of gives us an indicator about what they're arguing about. And maybe we can start hitting the point where we maybe don't see any increases anymore for a while. Um, And then maybe at some point we could start seeing some decreases. That would be fun. I'd certainly like to see that. Next article, five misconceptions debunked. So CNN sat down and figured out five financial misconceptions. And so I obviously had to click on it. I'm like, what does CNN have to tell me about finances? And they're not all bad. So I was actually kind of impressed with CNN on this one. Um, So let's take a look. We can go through all five of them and I'll tell you what I think. First one is I funded a Roth IRA, so I'm all set for retirement. But did you select your investments? Kudos to you for taking the initiative to open that account. However, that's just the first step. If investments aren't selected, the money in the account will not grow beyond the interest you earn if your brokerage automatically stores the funds in a money market fund. So basically what we've said here on this channel, if you put your money into the into a 401k or a Roth IRA, that's like putting your money into an account. Now you have to use that cash that's in that account to go buy assets that are going to appreciate over time. Me personally, not financial advice, but I like index funds. So I tend to look for index funds or mutual funds that are kind of like index funds. And that's what I have in my 401k and Roth IRA. And I think that's what DC has as well. Um, But yeah, once you get the cash in there, you need to make sure you're also investing that so that it will grow over time. And then when you take those withdrawals, especially the Roth IRA, they're tax-free withdrawals you're going to want to make sure that you made money on that account before you start withdrawing that. Uh, The second point they make is all I need to do is save money to be rich. Sure, getting in the habit of saving is good, but being a good saver can only take your money so far. You have to consider other factors like inflation and the power of compound interest. In short, you may need to invest your money to build long-term wealth. That's what we say here as well. Um, Putting your money into anything is losing value. You're, it's it's immediately losing value. If inflation, like right now, it's like four something percent, four point nine percent, I believe, and the Federal Reserve wants it to be at two, like even at two percent, you're losing value every year, and that loss of value is compounding every single year. So unless you put it into something that's growing at least with inflation, you're losing money essentially in the long term. So what it's saying here is saving money may not be enough. And especially considering compound interest, if you have something that's returning like 10%, like the S&P 500, and you could put your money in there easily, like with index funds, and you could put it into a Roth IRA to avoid taxes when you start withdrawing stuff, you have all those options, you can grow 10%, 10%, and that compounding is going to grow to be significant wealth when you retire. Myth number three, every savings account is the same. I don't even think I have to read this one. That's pretty much true. High yield savings account will return better interest for you, but you got to go find a high yield savings account that's returning good interest. Apple just released a savings account. You have to have the Apple credit card to get it, but they released a savings account that has like four point something percent interest. I think E-Trade just announced that they're hitting 4%. Um, Schwab, I think, has something over 4%. So huge amounts. But like in your regular bank, in your savings account, I think mine is something like half to... 
is, is something like half to 1%. So I don't use the savings account in my bank because of that. So if you are going to put your money into something that's not an investment, that's savings, like let's say this is your emergency fund or cash that you're waiting to put into something like a real estate investment, not all savings accounts are the same and it's worth going and checking out. At one point in time, creating accounts were, was extremely difficult. Like you had to go to the bank and apply and set up the account and put money in. Today, you can get online and put money into accounts pretty easily and then transfer stuff back and forth pretty easily. And if the Fed comes out with that fast money thing that we were talking about a few weeks ago, um, we'll be able to transfer money between these institutions pretty much instantly. So at this point, there's really no excuse for not doing the research and then putting your money in the right place. Misconception number four, having more than one credit card is bad. So this is the one where I got to it and thought, I don't know. So I'll read this bit here and I'll, I'll give my point. If you're irresponsible with credit cards, that's true. You probably shouldn't have one. But if you used responsibly, however, having multiple credit cards can improve your credit score. That's because the amounts owed, your credit utilization ratio, makes up 30% of your credit score. So now this is true. The, the problem I have with like putting this into an article is that the beginning where it says, if you're irresponsible with credit cards, that's most people with credit cards. So you're talking to a really finite number of people who are good with credit cards. And then you're telling them that like having more credit cards might be better because your credit will be higher and your credit utilization then will be lower. Meaning that if you have like a hundred grand worth of credit card availability and you're using zero of it, it makes it look like you have tons of available credit that you're not using. Banks like to see that stuff on your credit score. So it is one way to get your credit score up. Me personally, I have just two credit cards, one um, American Express, which has like the best points and rewards. And the other one is a visa because some places don't take American Express. And that's pretty much it. And I just track those two and we keep those going. Um, and then what I can do is every six months, you're able to call your bank and ask them to increase the credit, um, available credit. And you can also ask them to decrease the interest rate. There's nothing against that. And if you can increase your available credit doing that, uh, I think I'd rather do that than try to open up a whole bunch of credit cards to kind of fake inflate my available credit. I don't like that one as much. Number five, talking about money is taboo. Personal finance is often made to be a complicated topic that's taboo to talk about. But the latter is the one reason why everyone thinks personal finance is so complicated. Nobody talks about it. And if you're lucky enough to learn it in school, there's a good chance it's outdated and riddled with personal opinions. Almost like you should find like a good YouTube channel whose goal is to make sure that you learn everything you need to know. They're not trying to sell you anything. They didn't make their profits off selling you courses or pretending like they know information. They actually did these things themselves and they're just here to share with you the information that they've learned to improve their financial um, literacy and their wealth overall. Maybe a couple of idiots like people, you know, because it shouldn't be something that geniuses should be doing everybody should be like any idiot should be able to be doing this right and if we can do this like any idiot can do this and and they're wealthy maybe those are the people we should be listening to like and subscribe all right moving on to one of the most interesting things that happened this week and also one of the most unreported things this actually blew my mind when i heard about it because i didn't hear anything about this at all i found this today when i was doing the research so a viral image, something that was going around, I think predominantly Twitter, made it look like a huge explosion occurred right next to the Pentagon. And immediately following that, the S&P 500 fell by like $500 billion in cap because people panicked and thought like, uh oh, you know, something's happening End times are coming. Now officials are claiming and saying that this was an AI generated image. 
And so it's almost like there, there are a whole bunch of like credible news sources that reported about this event and actually showed the picture. And it's almost like verifying the news is no longer a thing anymore. Like you see this thing and you turn around and just blow it up. And now we hurt the economy about it. And people are, you know, arguing like this proves that AI, you know, may be a problem. And, you know, without the responsibility there, we could cause severe issues like this. And while I kind of agree, I am old enough to remember that we had this entire conversation back in the early 2000s when it came to Photoshop. Everyone's like, well, if you could Photoshop anything, then how are we going to be like in court talking about different things and people can show a Photoshopped image and prove you're guilty. And like that, that whole debate already occurred. And it turned out that we figured out most of those problems. It wasn't even that difficult. Same thing here. Like the duty here is not really on AI to ensure that they don't produce images that could be misused. The duty is really on the news outlets to verify what it is they're reporting on. You can't report something as true if all you saw was an image, right? So, I mean, yeah, this may have been an AI generated image, but it could have been a Photoshop generated image. Maybe the onus is on the people reporting and sharing this information to verify its truth before doing so. And uh, I think that's where the mistake was. So you got people like Elon Musk talking about how like AI is going to be out of control. Eh. Or maybe news outlets need to start doing their job. Let's start with that. And then we'll move from there. (laughs) 